You are now listening to the Black Girl Nerds Podcast. Five, six, seven, eight. Holla, boys and girls, it's the BGN. Coming from the Marvel world to the DC friends. All the way from Hollywood to the PCN. She defends everyone from sleazy men. Born apologize for spitting Shonda Rhimes. The space that we make is never colonized. We're talking games and movies and actors. Words. Better shake your booties for Black Girl Nerds. Welcome to the Black Girl Nerds Podcast. I'm your host, Angelica. Blessed day, and joining me as always is my co-host, Ryan. Say hey, Ryan. Hey, blessed day. It's the finale. It's crazy. It is. We are at the end of our coverage of The Handmaid's Tale. Today we will be recapping the season finale entitled Safe. Um, Ryan, what were your thoughts on this episode? I really enjoyed this episode. It was to me, it felt like reorganizing the fight mm-hmm. because a lot of our key players, you know, got knocked off the got knocked off the board, so to speak, kind of got moved to the side. So now they have to reorganize. And it's going to be real interesting you know, who comes at Gilead from what angle. So I'm excited. Yeah, yeah. A lot a lot happened this episode. And um, we'll break down at the end um, how this is really setting up to align with the plot of the Testaments without getting mm-hmm. too spoilery. But I'll give you <laughs> the basics without getting too deep. But um, yeah, I really enjoyed this episode. I think it was a great season finale. As you all know, um, next year will be the series finale, the last season. And then we will have our spinoff series, The Testaments, which will follow Nicole and Hannah. Um, so yeah, so let's get into this episode. So we get a sweeping shot of June's empty street. And then the camera pans to June alone in her backyard. And she's dealing before her destroyed garden. If you remember, she destroyed it in the last episode uh-huh. after the failure of the mission. A courier truck delivers a package and June opens it and it's a bulletproof vest. Um, she tries it on and Luke walks in as she's viewing herself in the reflection of the mirror. June tells him that she's, you know, she got the vest because she has to go to another memorial service that weekend. And he understands she needs to be safe. And he helps her kind of like adjust the straps of her vest. You know, he tells her he hates this world, but he loves June. She tells him she loves him too. And then she takes off her vest and sits at the window and she stares at it. And I notice, you know, no matter where June is, she's always sitting on a window seat. (laughs) Right. (laughs) looking look looking you know pensive um so june luke and moira are enjoying a quiet morning in the kitchen you know june takes a sip of coffee she says this is nice she's kind of finally enjoying a sense of peace and then there's a knock at the door from tuello he tells them that the gunman at the memorial was apprehended that morning um he was you know your run-of-the-mill 56 year old baker <laughs> and tuello uh-huh. writes him off as an angry man with a gun um, you know, if there are ties to Gilead, they will find them. And so they end up taking a walk, uh, June and Tuello. And Tuello, you know, she asks how he's doing. And he says he's been to 19 funerals and he's tired. Um, and June understands what it's like to look after people and also lose them in the end. Um, so she prays that God grants them rest and 
Twilo thanks her and leaves. As he leaves, um, June takes note of her surroundings, noticing that many of her neighbors who are American refugees are packing up and moving away. She begins to walk back home and realizes that she's being followed by a red SUV that's blaring uh, Kokomo by the Beach Boys. The car follows her and crashes into her, knocking her into the ground, and then it backs up and runs over her arm. Then the driver attempts to back up and finish the job, but Luke luckily stops the driver and fights him off. He knocks him over, appears to bang him up pretty badly, and he disarms a man who has a gun. Um, He goes to check on June and he calls for help. Um, Later, we see June is taken to the hospital and she's surrounded by nurses and doctors. She's in a lot of pain and, you know, Luke is at her side, but he ends up being called away by the police for questioning. And, you know, June's obviously in a great deal of pain while all this is happening. So I will stop there for our morning with June. Yeah, that was that was a lot for June opening up her morning. Um, The episode started very eerie, right? You end with gunshots from the last episode. You start, you see a package, you like, oh, God, don't let it be a bomb or something. And then ends up being a bulletproof vest. Right. So it's, it's just so telling of where she is now and. And how, like, it's this whole theme of just war and battle and how do you prepare yourself. And it was so telling for Luke, who usually has this lighter air about him, to say, I hate this world. It's just so telling about where his character has come to and, and you know, what this family has been through. You know, thanks to Gilead. Thanks, um, you know, people in Canada are not welcoming of Americans anymore. Like, all this struggle that they're being dealt back and forth. And you kind of see his outlook changing, which is really hard for me. That that tugged on my heart because he always had that kind of little bit of light about him. And now that's gone, you know, understandably, like what's happening with his wife, his daughter is still missing. So um, and then, you know, I just got to give him a shout out for how he took that driver out because I was so nervous <laughs> for June. June has been very this is our very, you know, low key June. I feel like very like you said, she's sitting in front of the window. She's very like pensive now trying to figure out what she's going to do now, where she's going to go. And when he came back and hit her arm, oh my God, my whole body was just like, oh no, what is happening right now? Like it just, that that whole shot was just so painful the way they did that. And just like, it's like that House of Dragons, like, do we need to hear the crackle and the blood? It's, it was just, it was bad. I was like, no, I don't want to hear what's going to come next. But I like how, you know, Luke is not playing. Luke, he comes in, he sweep, he swoops in, saves the day, takes his man out. And, you know, you know, saves June's life. You know, she finally needs somebody to be there for her. She's usually the one that's combating and fighting. And we never see her taken out of the game, so to speak, in this way. So I thought that was very interesting how they how they played on that. And, yeah, this, this is crazy. The Americans having to run like this, having to flee. We know about, you know, immigration and not being welcome. But just getting it from two sides is just, it was just, it, this whole moment was so intense. What did you think about it? Yeah, it was a lot. And I will add that, like, this whole season, it seems to be Luke saying he wants to protect June. He wants to protect yeah. June because he feels guilty for what happened in Gilead. And so finally, Luke gets to protect June. So he did right by his wife. Um, yeah, I was really surprised that <laughs> June getting run over by a guy listening to Kokomo. Um <laughs> right. Jesus. Yeah, I mean, she's a target at this point, and she's been a target for quite some time. I, honestly, I think the whole mission to save Hannah was the last straw. And if we remember, Commander McKenzie is like, we need to, you know, handle the June Osborne problem. So right. I, I figured, uh, you know, after the shooting, that wasn't going to be the last attempt on June's life. Um, 
So yeah, a lot a lot happening there, but glad that Luke was able to redeem himself in a sense and, and save June from being killed. Um, so yeah, so Nick, we see Nick meet with Commander Lawrence and he requests to speak with him about the shooting in Toronto. Um, Lawrence is well aware of the anti-refugee sentiments in Canada and Nick emphasizes that June was at the memorial and that she's not a target. So Lawrence reassures Nick that the current Gilead policy is not to allow for the assassination of expatriates, uh, you know, official in quotes policy. So like there's nothing in writing that says they can do this, but I, I highly doubt that Gilead won't go after someone in Canada. Um, Lawrence tells Nick that June had a choice and Nick says that, you know, June is just fighting for her daughter. And Lawrence is like, well, that's what happens in a fight. Everything gets bloody. Um, so we then go to Janine and the other handmaids. They're scrubbing the floors at the Red Center. And to make the job a bit easier, Janine begins to sing It's a Hard Not Life, which we all remember from the Andy soundtrack. Mm-hmm. Um, and the other handmaids join in. Um, Lydia overhears them singing and she smiles to herself and as she enters the room the other handmaids kind of stand to attention and she tells the girls like hey it's not sinful to enjoy your work uh, although God would prefer a more appropriate hymn and she <laughs> she tells them to get back <laughs> she tells them to get back to it um, Aunt Lydia ends up talking with Aunt Elizabeth about how well the handmaids are doing they're all in good spirits you know they're doing their chores happily you know Janine has obviously been a great influence on them and Aunt Elizabeth agrees but she also advises that people are, may have been slow at noticing Aunt Lydia's favoritism and kindness towards Janine but they're starting to pick up on it and you know Janine needs to be posted somewhere um, because if she's not going to be posted you know the powers that be will find another use for her um, and Aunt Lydia nods um, but she seems to be worried about this task that's been given to her so I'll stop there for your thoughts on, I guess, the exchange between Nick and Commander Lawrence and, you know, Janine and her potential at leaving the Red Center and being posted. Yeah, we we knew that tie with Commander Lawrence was cut, but I just I don't know what I was still expecting. But this was so just change abrupt. He's he's stone cold. Right. Like this is his first his first um, instance where he's just. Okay, this is my goal now. I'm I'm focused. You know, June is not a factor for me anymore. I'm I need to take her out. Whatever happens, happens. It is just so hard. But it it was at the same time that it was good to see Nick sort of still be there because I was wondering. I was like, where is he gonna go? I mean, you know, he has Rose. You know, at this moment, he has a kid coming. What is he gonna do? Because essentially, June cut ties with him as well. So, you know, what is his, what is his, where's his mindset at? So that was so interesting that he's still there and he's like, look, I understand what is going on, but we still need to have this in the back of our mind. We need to keep, we need to protect June. It doesn't need to go this far. So I thought that was so interesting on his part to still kind of play that role. As for Janine, you know, I've been loving her this season, the way she has, you know, subtly kept it, kept it low key, but we know something is turning in her mind. She's been, she's, she's like the OG, right? She's OG handmade. She know how this game works. You know, they're not getting ready to pull this over her. You know, she gives that like, oh, I'm shy. I'm going to lay back. We could take this. But Jean, but Janine at this point, I don't know why I always said Jean. 
Janine at this point is very strong. We know she's taken a lot, right? She's, she comes off like she's weak, but I think she's far from it, from everything that's been thrown at her. And I think she works the system, you know, and she knows there's something going on with Aunt Lydia, like her impression with this connection she has with Aunt Lydia. So I like how she has the, the heart, the handmaid's tale singing. I love that. I was like, because definitely we know they got a hard knock life. They need to be singing that like every day. <laughs> so I love them throwing that Annie version in there. I thought that was so just cool for that moment because any moment with them is always just so harsh. You saw like the ladies rubbing their their um, arms and stuff. Like they, they'll, they'll tell her how long they've been scrubbing the floor. So just to give us kind of like that comedic release, uh, uh, release in a moment, that music in the moment that they do so well in the series. So well played. But yeah, I, I can't wait to see. Aunt Lydia is, you called it, I think, Angelica. You called it talking about the books a little bit, trying to give us like a little peek, but not really telling us that there was something going on with her because something is changing, right? For her to notice these little things, for her to smile at certain moments. I mean, she's still going to bring, you know, God in a certain circumstance where you like, Aunt Lydia, do you really got to do that at this moment? But you can tell there's a change in what she's seeing and how she's responding to the girls. So this is very interesting. Yeah, agreed. Um, so the next scene we have um, Naomi who's getting fitted for her wedding gown and she's uh, she's had a proposal given to her by Aunt Lydia where she rebuffs and essentially Aunt Lydia's suggestion that Naomi allow Janine to be posted at her home with Commander Lawrence. Um, you know, at this point, Janine, you know, has a great relationship with Angela. You know, why not? But Naomi thinks it'll, it'll be a bad idea. So, you know, Aunt Lydia tries to convince her by telling her that Commander Lawrence wants to portray a different, more progressive image of this new Gilead and allowing Janine into their home would project that new image, you know, where women who know their role are treated with respect and grace. But considering her past with Janine, Naomi thinks she should be she will be perceived as a fool to let Janine back in her home. Um, but Aunt Lydia says, like, quite the contrary, you know, you'll be looked at as the model of forgiveness. Um, the new Gilead needs women like Naomi who are strong and graceful. And Naomi agrees to consider it. Um, so Aunt Lydia returns to the Red Center to tell Janine that she'll be re reunited with Angela if all goes to plan. Um and Naomi agrees to let her be posted at the Lawrence home. Janine doesn't want to be posted. You know, she she thought Aunt Lydia promised that she would never have to do that again. But Aunt Lydia is like, I never said anything like that. And you cannot stay here indefinitely. Um, you know, she tells Janine, this is your chance to be reunited with your daughter. And Janine agrees. Um, so at Commander Lawrence's home, dozens of Marthas are prepping for the wedding. While she gets ready, Naomi tells Janine that she will accept Janine back into their home on a trial basis. Angela is with her grandparents for the summer, so this will give Janine an opportunity to prove herself. If all goes well, she will consider letting Janine stay. And Naomi will oversee all interactions between Janine and Angela going forward. Um, she reminds Janine that Angela is her daughter and suggests, you know, and to suggest otherwise is heresy, which could result in Janine losing her tongue. <laughs> so Janine agrees to this. Yeah. Aunt Lydia then requests Janine is in, um, excuse me, Naomi requests uh, that requests to Aunt Lydia that Janine is included in the wedding photos with the rest of Lawrence's household, which greatly pre pleases her. Aunt Lydia tells Janine, you know, she's so proud of her. She's going to be a good girl. And uh, once again, Janine is just grinning and bearing it. She nods. When she's left alone, a Martha comes by and tells Janine that, Gina, that June is hurt. And Janine says, my June, she tells her a truck hit her on purpose and they want to kill her in Toronto. You know, the Martha says they never let anyone get away. And she's like, you know, those effers. <laughs> and she she walks away. 
and Janine is is pretty shocked by by you know this news. So they're all taking pictures. You know they're taking the wedding photos. Janine is still pretty shaken by the news. Lawrence is annoyed by all the pictures, so he dismisses the staff. And then Naomi asks Janine if she would like to see her new room. You know, she tells Janine she feels so hopeful and happy to have a friendly face in the house. And then she calls Janine of Joseph. And this is when Janine starts to unravel. You know, this angers her. And Janine's like, that's not my name. We're not friends. You know, she tells Naomi she's the worst person she has ever known and she hates her. And this really shakes up Naomi and she tears up a little bit and then Commander Lawrence calls for her and he's like my darling like just sarcastically um (laughs) and Janine appears to be empowered by this exchange and she goes up to her room so I'll stop there that was a lot to take in yeah um Naomi and Commander Lawrence I will never it will still I'm with him on just when he stopped when he started yelling about the pictures that's how I felt about the whole moment you know seeing her get the dress and everything with Aunt Lydia it's just the whole thing is just it's just so awkward I mean you understand why they're doing it but it's just it is the weirdest pairing ever and we know Commander Lawrence never wanted to be tied to nobody else like he is a loner through and through so this is gonna get like real real interesting to see this go down but and I just, the, the only other thing I wanted to comment on is you could just see that switch in Janine. And I thought that was so just well played um, by Madeline. You know, I think um, Elizabeth directed the episode as well. I kind of wonder how they kind of played that scene because she was so just, like you said, she was agreeing. She was head nodding. You know, Janine plays that innocent look real well. And then as soon as that of Joseph came out, boy, you could see that switch. Like she was squeezing her hand. And it was just it was just on from there. But I'm with her. How can Naomi possibly think they were friends? It's just the Kool-Aid they be drinking sometimes. I'm just like, how could you possibly think that everything is just like roses and flowers? And you can tell Naomi just milking it for everything is worth because she doesn't really want to do it. And she keeps bringing up stuff like, oh, well, just make sure, you know, this is my daughter. You know, just just things that kind of like rub it in the fact that this is already an awkward situation and that they have to come back. So yeah, I, Angelica, I don't know if you, I was just like, oh, damn, when she, when she mentioned it in that, like, how did you feel about the moment? Um, yeah, Naomi messed up when she called her of Joseph. <laughs> yeah. Like, uh, and it's funny, um, a lot, excuse me, all the handmaids are referred to as of someone, but Janine is always referred to as Janine. <laughs> mm, <laughs> Even by, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Lydia calls her Janine. So yeah, I thought that was, um, yeah, that Naomi messed up there. But I also think Janine kind of messed up by <laughs> letting it rip about how she feels about Naomi. Um, oh, yeah. You know, she, I, the way I see it, she's stuck in Gilead. She didn't escape um, the best place she could be outside of the Red Center under Aunt Lydia's protection is to be with the Lawrences because, you know, Commander Lawrence has no interest in sleeping with his handmaids. She'll be right. there with Angela, her daughter. Like, it, you know, it was a good deal. And she kind of messed it up. Uh, so uh, <laughs> yeah, while I'm happy yeah. she got it got it off her chest, I also just know it's just she, she lost an opportunity. And that kind of leads into our next scene where Aunt Lydia chastises Janine for blowing her chance of living at the Lawrence's home. You know, she asks Janine to beg them for forgiveness and Janine refuses. Um, Aunt Lydia at this point is really upset. She starts like, you know how she, you know, Aunt Lydia gets, she gets a little bit uh, excitable and she, you know, she's like, you lost all goodness that has been brought into your life. And she's interrupted by Aunt Elizabeth, who says that the eyes are here for Janine. 
and they take her away. And now Lydia's obviously Janine's one of her favorites. She's like protesting, you know, she's saying she's gonna she's gonna call Commander Lawrence, and the eyes tell her that Commander Lawrence gave the order. Um, and Janine tells her not to worry about her and they take her out of the Red Center. They load her up into a, a truck. They muzzle her and Aunt Lydia is fighting them the whole way. And they end up pushing Aunt Lydia onto the ground and they drive off with Janine. You know, in the truck, a Martha also is imprisoned and crying and Janine comforts her and Aunt Lydia is left shaken in the courtyard of the Red Center. But you can tell at the same time that there's a look on her face like you know, something is about to change within her. Something is about to happen. So I, I think, um, you know, her role in the Testaments, you know, why she may have turned in a way against Gilead isn't really explained. Um, but I feel like, you know, the fact that she's so close to Janine and that mm-hmm. Janine was taken away, I think is a good explanation for the turning point. So, um, yeah, I'll stop there for your your thoughts on that. You know, seeing Janine being taken away and not knowing what her fate will be. Yeah, I'm nervous about that. I'm nervous about, we know Janine is a fighter, but it's it's just like, how many strikes can you have in Gilead? You know, when it comes to Janine, when it comes to June, we know, thank God June is out. But it's just like, how many how many strikes can, it, can come against you for this society? You know, they don't play that getting out thing well, right? Like they don't play not going by their, by, by their rules. And, you know, the more they have an eye on you, the more they know where you're at. I don't know. It's just it, it's very it's very just like unnerving to see her get dragged away like that. Also, we've never seen Aunt Lydia like pushed to the ground fighting for one of these handmaids. You know, when they've been disobedient like this, you can like you said, she cares a lot about Janine because we've never seen her go this hard. This go to bat. So, you know, what does that mean for her? And we saw like this look on her face like she was about to about to jump, about to do something. So what does that mean for her going forward? You know, like you said, the little hint they're giving to the testaments. I'm so just interested to see this change in her because she was always like on my list of people that I was like, oh, I cannot stand to when they get off on this next season. But she's she's completely kind of transformed. You know, we talked about Endow killing it before. Like she's completely transformed this this character going into the season. So it's going to be real interesting to see how that goes down. But Ooh, yeah, any any anytime you anytime you see the the eyes come in and also not to say all Martha's look alike, but that's not the Martha that told her about June, was it? That was in the in the car? Was that a I completely could, different I could, one? I couldn't tell to be quite honest. Okay. Okay. <laughs> she, she Y'all let us know if you see in the comments. Let us know. <laughs> yeah. Um so Nick meets with Tuello at the border and he's taken to the hospital to see June. Um, you know, Tuello tells her, you know, she's She's going to be transferred to her room soon, and Luke is currently being questioned. He tells Nick the driver is currently in the ICU, and that you know after Luke is done with questioning, he's going to be returned to June in her room. So Tuello gives Nick some privacy as he sits next to June at her bedside. He doesn't really want June to know he was there, but he you know he 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 touches her arm. She appears to be really heavily sedated, like she's they gave her some good drugs. Um, and he's he's upset about the fact that they tried to kill her like this is the second attempt on her life so he's he's pretty upset about it um he kisses her on the forehead and leaves and she stirs for a moment but by then he's gone um so back at the border Twello tells Nick he has some papers for him to sign it's the agreement between him and the American government um appears that Nick has decided to take them up on the deal and I am thinking the shooting on at the memorial is one of the reasons why he's agreed to do this. Um, so Nick promises to keep up his end of the bargain as long as June is kept safe. 
Um, and Twello says he'll do everything that 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 he can to, to protect her. And Nick right. says like that's not going to be good enough. You know, Gilead wants her to suffer. They'll come after her. They'll come after her family. They won't stop until she's dead. Um, so he tells Twello like I need to know that you're going to keep her safe. And Twello says once again I will do everything I can to protect her. Um, so Twello asks uh, Nick when he met June like was he part of the eyes and Nick says yeah I was and he was like well knowing that you were an eye you had a lot of access to things you could have ran away with June and Nick says like June had people to care care for her you know she didn't need me you know I'm nothing and Twello says like not to her you're not nothing to her and then he tells him to go and grace and he leaves um at uh, so actually I'll stop there for your for your thoughts on um uh, I guess Nick finally taking Twello up on his deal. Yeah, I, you know, Nick has always been on my list because I never, he seems a little shifty to me sometimes and I never really know exactly where he's at. And I always felt like June was giving a little bit more than he was, but he, I feel like he proved himself in this scene. You know, I really appreciated Nick trying to come to bat for June because you know what allies does she have left in Gilead? You know, Luke is doing the best he can, but you need somebody else. You still, the, the, the amount of enemies that she's made and trying to go after, you know, this hierarchy in a sense in Gilead, she needs other eyes around. Like she needs to know what's going on around her more. So having somebody like Nick is always going to be valuable. And I thought that was so cute how he, because I always thought, I was like, does Nick really love her? Or was it just that they happen to be in this situation together? So, you know, he can't really let it go. You know, when they had that moment when they were halfway, they were going to leave and then they took it back. It didn't work. So was he just kind of hanging on to that, like, you know, that passion moment or whatever. And it's not really love. But I feel like in this moment, he kind of showed he really does love her. And, you know, why he didn't, why he's never kind of pursued running away with her. You know, he doesn't really see himself in that in that picture frame, you know, so to speak, of her world. You know, she has Luke. She has Nicole back there. You know, if they ever, you know, reunited with Hannah, you know, he doesn't see himself as being that big of a part of her life. So that was kind of telling of their relationship and kind of how he views everything like that, because I've always kind of been curious. Just, you know, his his attachment and as you know, like, does he really love her? But, you know, that kiss on the forehead coming to the hospital. All right, June, you still got somebody in your corner. So I ain't, I ain't mad at it. Yeah, I, I haven't really doubted whether he loved her. It seems like he always loved her. But to your point, um, he, he does not fit in her world. And he knows that she has Luke. So he's always kind of. Uh, you know, they both been they both been kind of like we love each other, but we, we uh-huh. can never be. Um, because of the fact that, you know, he's married at this point and so, and, and she's right. always had Luke. So, yeah, I always feel bad. They're kind of like star-crossed lovers. Um, but yeah, eh, yeah, Luke, uh, Luke, excuse me, Nick, Nick, you know, he's always had June's back and he's always wanted to keep her safe and protect her. And that kind of shows us itself in the next scene because at the wedding reception, Nick, finds Lawrence and he punches him in front of everyone <laughs> saying you could have killed her um I don't think that was very wise of him to say that <laughs> right. because it doesn't take much to put two and two together that he's referring to June um Lawrence tells him it wasn't his decision and Nick storms out um he does not get to go off scot-free apparently he's apprehended and Rose visits Nick in a cell he tells her he's sorry and Rose asks, you know, why did you ever pretend to love me? And he insists that he does love her. And she's like, no, you say you love me because you think it makes you a good man. But a good man would never leave his pregnant wife every time his girlfriend calls. And she asks him, well, you know, will he ever let her go? And Nick says he tried, but he can't let June go. 
So Rose is like, then I can't be with you anymore. You know, we had a good thing going and you had to ruin it. <laughs> and she leaves. Um, so I'll stop there for your thoughts on Rose having enough. <laughs> yeah, you called it. Nick had another, Nick maybe had a similar Janine moment. I mean, you know, we love to see Lawrence get slapped because, you know, Commander Lawrence is on a whole nother level these days. But was it too much? You know, have you really tipped, like, was this your moment to really tip this barrel? Like, I'm full on there for June. I want y'all to know it. I'm going to bat. Like, what was this his right moment to do that? I mean, that's the question that's up in the air. Was this right for him to do that? You know, Rose coming in. Rose, I was kind of like, you know, I, I appreciate her style or whatever. You know, she she kind of hung, hung by, her, you know, her man for, you know, for what she could. But I was kind of like, come on now. You know he still had feelings for June. It wasn't going to be that, you know, head over heels love for you. And I thought they had that mutual understanding. So I kind of thought she was laying it on a little thick when she like, oh, well, I thought you loved me and are you a good man? I was like, okay, girl, you laying it a little bit thick there. But you could just tell she was just in her feelings because you should never have, I guess as a woman, you never want to be second, right? So I guess that was her moment to be, to say, look, Okay, you need to get your ish together. I'm not coming second place to this. Look, you in a sale right now. Was it all worth it, right? She's pointing out all the stuff that it's just like, Nick has to think about this. This is the situation you're in right now because you're following June. Are you ever really going to be that? You know, are you ever going to be her man? You know, let's just keep it real. Are you ever going to be with the June, but you're going, you're going to bat for her. You're following through all this stuff for her. You still got a kid coming. So what's that going to look like? But yeah, so, you know, Rose had to call him out. I appreciate the call out, but I thought she was a little deep on that. Is he a good man and all that kind of stuff? Because she, I feel like she knew what it was at the end of the day, though. Yeah, but I feel like enough is enough. <laughs> you know, like she supported him. She knew that he had, yeah. you know, killed um, Fred. She she knew that he carried a torch for her, but like he has been running up to Canada quite a lot. <laughs> like, and she's pregnant. Right, right, right. I think that yeah. changes things. From, like, just being your wife, now you're his yeah. pregnant wife, you know. She, I'm sure she was expecting more of him and for him to just always take off every time June mm -hmm. was in trouble. I mean, that would annoy me, even if I knew the deal. Like, <laughs> you're going to have to let this right, woman go, yeah. man. Um, so I, I feel for Rose. Um, and I, I fear for Nick. Mm -hmm. I hope, you know, they just kind of give him a warning and let him go. Um, but I don't know. Like, Janine's, you know, fate is up in the air. Nick's yep. fate is up in the air. They they left us with a lot of cliffhangers for this season finale. Um, so let's let's go back to what June is up to. So uh, June is back at home. She's sitting on her window ledge once again. There's a sling on her shoulder. Luke checks on her, and June asks if you know he's okay with having a gun in the house around Nicole. And Luke says it's necessary to protect them. Um, and he tells her this is not going to be like Boston, which is um, when they were separated. And June tells him that. You know, what happened in Boston was not his fault. And Luke promises that he will not let anyone hurt her. He tells June to get some rest and she lays down um, pretty uncomfortably on the bed and tries to, you know, get some sleep. Um, she awakens in the middle of the night and overhears Rita informing Moira and Luke that the driver has died. Um, and she heard this information from a friend that works at Toronto PD. Um, Moira is worried that Luke killing a Canadian on Canadian soil could lead to a lynch mob. And Rita says her friend thinks a warrant will be issued for Luke's arrest at any moment. Luke isn't afraid he'll be arrested. He's like, put me on trial. I did what I had to do to protect my wife. But June isn't really so sure about this. And she tells him that they have to run. You know, they made the mistake of waiting too long the last time. 
and this country hates him so much and it's changing and luke says like canada is in gilead and june's like well america was in gilead until it became gilead and at that point it was too late they have to run now so luke and june prepare to leave with nicole you know they have like a midnight fight that's gonna end up taking them to hawaii but tuelo shows up and tells them that they can't leave you know if they go to the airport they're you know, the police will flag their reservation. They'll be, you know, Luke will be arrested. Um, not only that, but June will be arrested for aiding him and his escape. And then they'll end up losing Nicole. So June tells him like, like I got run over in my own front yard. You know, if Luke is convicted of killing a Canadian citizen, they'll be in danger. They could go as far as going after Nicole to get to June. So Luke says that they're going to take their chances at the airport. They're 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 taking off. And Twilla tells them there's another way he can help them get on the train that's going west with other American refugees. So Twilla takes them to the train station. He gives them fake identification papers. Um, Luke thanks him, and June asks Twilla to pass a message to Nick that she and Nicole are safe. Twilla agrees and wishes her Godspeed. Um, inside the train station, Luke, June, and Nicole are ushered along with like a swarm of other of other American refugees uh, through a checkpoint, which is obviously flanked by armed forces. June ends up smiling at this little girl standing next to her, and then she looks ahead at this huge crowd of people that's in front of them. They make it through the the checkpoint. They make it to the train, but they realize that their paperwork will be checked by officials so luke tells her to go on without him you know if they recognize luke then she and nicole will be stopped she's questioned briefly by the checkpoint agent and then she's let on the train she realizes that the officials are actually now at this point looking for luke they're passing out flyers saying have you seen this man have you seen luke bankhold and luke ends up calling her on her phone and tells her that she needs to get on the train she tells Luke, you know, he can make it, you know, he's almost there, just just come on. And he's like, you know, as long as you're with me, you won't be safe. And then she refuses to leave. She's like, I'm not going. And Luke is like, look, if you don't leave, Gilead is going to come after you. And she's like, I don't want to do this alone. And he tells her, get on the train, you know, I'll find my way back to you. We always do. Um, and she realizes that he never had planned on getting on the train with her. Um, and she tells him that she loves him and to come find her. And Luke tells her that he loves her and then he gives himself up to the authorities who arrest him. And June watches from the moving train as he is taken away and she has a good old cry, which I would too if my man <laughs> got arrested unjustly. Um, so Nicole cries as she you know, struggles to find a seat on the train, which is obviously crowded with all these American refugees. And she tells Nicole that they're going to on an adventure to a magical island called Hawaii. And they hear another baby crying on the train. And she's like, oh, let's go see the other baby. Look, there's another baby here. And then she spots Serena and Noah. Uh, So, you know, Noah was a little baby that was crying. And June walks over to her and they greet each other. And Serena's like, hi, June. And June says, hi, Serena. And then Serena asks June if she has a diaper. And June smiles. Um, And we get a parting shot of the two of them with their children on the back of the train as it heads west. And that is how we end the episode. So I will stop there for your thoughts on these last two scenes. They did a lot. I feel like they did a lot of callbacks to like early season, you know, decisions that weren't taken and having to come back to that. I absolutely just such as running. They absolutely needed to run. And, you know, and think about how different this show would have been season one. You know, when you think about her and Hannah getting taken, like that whole forest scene that we always, that she often has these flashbacks going back to, that June Offley has his flashbacks to. If that would have been so different, 
if, you know, they got out, if they realized that change that was happening in America as far as Gilead and, you know, try to get out like some of these other people have that are in these, you know, weird little separate areas that aren't really controlled by Gilead and all that kind of stuff. So that would have been, that would have been a whole different story. But so I definitely think they should have ran on, run on that aspect alone. But, and then just, just going real quick to another call out. I think Twello, I feel like maybe he said something different to Serena, but I think way back he, he told her about leaving or going somewhere. And I thought it was Hawaii or something, but you know, she was still caught up in the sauce with like Fred or something like that. And she was like, no, 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 I don't want to go to Island. I'm not leaving. Or some, I just feel like it was some kind of island or something. And now to have it like them on their way to Hawaii or wherever they're going now, I thought was was real interesting. It's just all these callbacks of decisions they could have made in the beginning. It's like now you kind of have no choice but to make that decision or you kind of have to fall back into that. But yeah, and like you said, so heartbreaking to see Luke and June had that phone conversation. That was so sad because she finally was asking for help. You know, she didn't want to be there by herself. You know, her arm is in a sling. Nicole is crying. You know, things are going down, you know, having to protect her family. And she's getting tired. You can tell she wants, you know, she wants help now. She's for so long. She's always having to fight. You know, it's her fighting with somebody else or her fighting to protect somebody else. And she needed Luke. And I thought that was just so sad to see that moment where he, you know, he, like you said, he knew before. I can't get on this train. I can't get out with my family because they're going to recognize me. And, you know, it's so sad because it's all for protecting his wife. You know, this crazy man comes out of nowhere. You know, he's trying to protect his wife. But, you know, laws are laws, rules are rules. So, you know, he has to abide by that. But it was just so gut-wrenching to see them have to be separated. Because that's the whole, the whole season where we're like, okay, they're back together. Let's keep them together. Let's keep them together no matter what. So hopefully I'm crossing my fingers. He's up in the air too when the, when they take him away. And so I'm hoping his his main mission is to get back to her and we get to see that that happy reunion because they do always find each other somehow. So I'm I'm hopeful for that one. And you know, to to end it off in a bang, you got Serena and June. Like how else do you end this season? I thought that was hilarious. I was like, I know you are lying when I saw Serena come appear through the crowd. I couldn't believe that's how they like the decision they made. But, you know, so well played. Like you've always said from the jump, Angelica, they have a friendship, right? They have this connection. There's something always pulling these two women. No matter how much they hate each other, they're trying to get away. You can tell June still look a little salty on her face. But, you know, she can't help but smirk because there's something between these two women that I feel like is never, we're never going to see the end to. It's always going to be this connection. You know, they're both, you know, in a sense right now, these two single moms trying to take care of their kids right now in this moment where everybody's on their on the run trying to get out and her asking Serena asking for a diaper I mean come on that's got to be the line in like the whole season right just to see that relationship between them and these two moms coming out so I think they did an amazing job I can't wait I think it's going to be too long I feel like for the next season to figure out what's going to happen but there's so many characters up in the air I'm glad nobody, I'm glad there was not a brutal murder of any of our like favorite characters that you're really like on the edge of your seat. Now we don't know. Now I will say Janine's was, her te her situation was a little testy. Now that was a little testy. So I'm, I'm nervous about what that is, but everybody else I feel like is in a fine limbo right now where we're nervous for them, but it's not a, it's not a tragic ending because handmaids we know can give us some, some hard hitting tragic endings. So I'm excited. I, I, you, you, you mentioned the testaments a lot. I need to catch up on my reading do a little bit of something, something going into this next season, into the Testaments to kind of see what goes down. But I thoroughly enjoyed this. What'd you think? 
Yeah, I, I think it, uh, the season ended uh, with a bang, lots of cliffhangers, so we don't know, you know, Luke's fate. Although I would think it'd be really hard to convict a man that was protecting his wife from being run over. Right. <laughs> like, come on. Right, you would man. hope so, Jesus. Yeah, yeah. Um, we don't know Nick's fate, we don't know Janine's fate, all these things are up in the air. All we know is that um, Janine, I mean, excuse me, June and Serena are safe with their children. Um, But this does set it up pretty nicely for the Testaments, where in the Testaments, you know, we follow Nicole, who is being raised by her quote unquote aunt and uncle in Canada. Um, Her mother, June, is essentially a fugitive. She's on the run. So this sets it up pretty nicely for June to be on the run essentially so i think at some Uh point uh in the next season she's gonna have to give up nicole in order for that you know nicole storyline to run through the testaments it probably would be dangerous to travel with a newborn or not a newborn a two-year-old when you're uh, you know a a fugitive um from the you know running from gilead most likely running from the canadian government you know all everybody's against her at this point um, but it, it'll be interesting to see the fact uh, her Serena kind of being out there with her. So I'm um, interesting to see how that plays out. Um, interesting to know what happens to Luke. Luke's uh, fate in The Handmaid's Tale and the book. Um, he, you know, he's he's presumed dead. So we don't get to see much from him after that. So I, I love how they've expanded on Luke's character. Um, Hannah also has a storyline in the Testaments. She is still in Gilead and. As we've seen from uh, the last episode, you know, the mission failed. Um, so she's still with the Mackenzies. I don't, I don't believe they're called the Mackenzie in, in, in the books, but she's with the Mackenzies and she's about to be married off. Um, and she's not happy about that, which <laughs> kind of lines up with the show. Um, and yeah, so we see all these like different threads start to come together. And of course, Aunt Lydia has something to do with the... Uh, the collapse of Gilead, we don't really get it seed. We don't get to see it come to fruition, but she has something to do with it. And like I said, I think the turning point was Janine being taken away. So um, I'm really looking forward to see kind of how this all falls into place in the next season. And, you know, the setup for the Testaments, uh, which is going to be coming out after uh, the last season of the Handmaid's Tale. So yeah, I um. Um, like I said, lots of things happening and thank you guys for sticking it out with us for the last 10 episodes as we recap this series. Um, we're, we're essentially at the end of recap season. <laughs> we've been we've been doing yeah, double yeah, time yeah, yeah. with Handmaids and with Dragons, y'all, uh, for House of the Dragons. So it's been really fun breaking down these shows and going into like our little deep dives and going on our rants. So um, any final thoughts, Ryan, before we go? No, I mean, it's just, like you said, we're at the end of recaps. It's been fun chatting with you. Um, you know, Dragon Shaw, we were chatting with Jamie. So hopefully you guys enjoyed it. Hopefully you catch up on your reading. Like, I'm getting ready to for Handmaid's Tale. You know, or just, you know, keep a, keep a watch on Angelica, whatever she's doing on the socials. Or you know she's going to give us the the little the sneak peeks and everything anyway. But, you know, if you, if you want to get a little ahead of her sneak peeks, you know, catch up on some of the reading and check it out. But, yeah, this is going to be, I feel like season six is going to be, is going to keep getting explosive. I mean, we're coming to the end, so I cannot wait to see what's going to go. I want to know about the testaments. I want to know about June's children, you know, what they learned from her mama, how they take a whole new, you know, turn. Like, what it, what's this, you know, her fight, what does that meant for each of her daughters? 
you know, separately kind of seeing it do something different. So I can't wait to see that turn out. But and you guys let us know, like, you know, Angelica's about to plug it up for you guys and let you know where you can chat with us. But, you know, let us know who you think is coming for the finale, like who's going to make it through. I mean, everybody was up in the air. There's no clear answer for everybody because it's that, you know, the way the show rolls. So let us know what you guys think. Yep. Let us know at Black Girl Nerds on all the social medias. Um, but yeah, in the meantime, until next time, just yeah, if you guys want to read The Handmaid's Tale, if you want to read The Testaments, that way you have a little bit more background when we break down next season. So again, thank you guys for joining us. Blessed day, blessed be the fruit, and we'll see you soon. Bye. Bye. The Black Girl Nerds Podcast is produced by Jamie Brodnax and Ryan Bennett. The opening theme song to our show is written and performed by Samus. Various instrumentals are performed by Samus, Sky Blue, and Shubzilla. You can find episodes of the Black Girl Nerds podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play Music, Stitcher, and Spotify.